Norman, there's a ghost in your closet. Yeah, I can see him. Hey guys, look, Ooh. closet's open. Norman finally came out. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio's, Antonio's like, we don't have ghosts up here, game. Yeah, the ghosts don't exist too, Canada. It's too cold out here, bro. They can't. <laughs> All righty. Hello, everybody, and welcome to good old lap 18 of the Lap Zero podcast. I am here, Antonio. You know me very, very well. I'm joined with my boy Dave, Levi, and Norman. And uh, we got probably the biggest week of racing. Sorry, weekend, I should say, of racing that just passed. And uh, we got, boy, do we got a lot of stuff here for you. So I think we're going to do a quick run through a NASCAR. Then we're going to pop into some uh, IndyCar. And then we're going to pop into some F1. It was a lot of racing. We got lots to talk about. I was actually actually pretty happy that the Coke 600 had a rain delay because it was like a little bit of a breath. (laughs) You know, I don't know if it made the race better. We could talk, you'll talk about that. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was nice, honestly, not having all three back-to-back. You didn't have to consume your entire Sunday. Um, but I guess, yeah, let's get into some NASCAR. So you're going to laugh because I'm the NASCAR guy, and go figure, I watched both of the other races in its entirety, but I couldn't watch the NASCAR race in its entirety because they moved it to Monday. Oh, yeah. And guess what? Canada, it's not a holiday, so I only caught the last 100 laps. But, oh, really? Uh, oh, no. I know the worst part of the race, too. I love it. So... Anyways, it was, a, it was a good race, though, from what I saw. Um, there was definitely lots of cautions. Um, I know some of it early was due to rain delays. There was obviously, you're going to get three for the stages alone. Um, I, but I think they finished with, like, 13 or something. It was ridiculous. 14, maybe? Four stages. Lot. Yeah, four. Yeah, sorry, did I say three? I meant, yeah, but there's three stage breaks, though, is what I meant. Ah. Uh. Yeah, yeah. So there's three stage breaks. There was four stages. Again, still not sure why they run stages in this race. It's kind of known as our like endurance race. So I, I, I really, I don't feel we should run stages in I, it. But I don't know why they run stages at any race. I, I'm with it. I agree. Yes. All in agreement. Say aye. 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 Okay, good. Anyways, Dave's just Dave's here. He a, doesn't know. Dave I'm doesn't just here. care. No, I'm sorry. Dave's I was like, question mark. <laughs> I was confirming. I was confirming the amount of cautions and it's like a lot. I'm, I'm abstaining from the information while y'all are trashing I took a stages. picture. I took a picture of the bar, didn't I? And sent it to you, Dave. Yeah, like, I it was, was like, ridiculous. You know, that, yeah, you know that bar Fox has on the top where it's just like, this is how many races were, or laps were green and how many were yellow. And there was even a red in there. <laughs> so, can, can we, can we, can we trash that bar too? Or is it just me? Yes. Wait, do we need I, that? How yeah, do you no, put a I mean, red uh, flag in there? You don't turn a lap under a red flag. That's true. I mean, I mean, all the bar but does we're is changing really our bar someone standards. In. Yeah, I don't like it. It makes someone who tune in look at it and be like, oh, okay, this race is dog shit. It's yellow yeah, the turn whole it time. Off. <laughs> but uh, no, it's funny. <laughs> Especially because every time you get to the end of the race, you just see like yellow. Okay, there's a little gap. Oh, yellow. Oh, there's a little gap. Okay, we're back to yellow. Anyways, fun times. But uh, no, overall, man, I thought when we were actually racing, it was good quality. Um. Or, or not necessarily good quality. There was some crazy stuff that went on there. We saw Chase Elliott right hooking uh, Denny Hamlin, which I don't want to say wasn't overdue for Hamlin, but I'll be honest, in this instant, I, I didn't see the laps leading up to what happened. Denny was really, or sorry, Chase was really complaining that he was running him like garbage, which isn't, you know, uncommon for Denny. Um, not to bash him. He's a great driver, but you know what I mean? It's not uncommon for him to run you hard when he's racing hard. Um but yeah, Chase just right up them. He was just done with it. He got stuff in the fence and he just decided to turn him down into him. And we know for a fact now, because actually 
go figure. NASCAR suspended him, which is awesome. Um, I, I love to see that because honestly, that means a precedent has been set. Uh, so we now know that if you right hook someone, it's a, it's a suspension. You don't have to go over and punch him out as well. Like Bubba did last time. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's always good. We know there's going to be some chases back promos, uh, not next week, but the one after when he comes back. So it's, it's a win-win for everybody. Let's be honest here. Corey LaJoy gets to jump in the car next week. So, uh, yeah. What did you, what did you guys think of that? I mean, there was a, I thought it was crazy. I, did, I was surprised they suspended him to be honest with you. Yeah. I didn't like how, uh, my joy, I feel like I trash on that guy a lot, but he was all trying to like, when it went down on, uh, he tried to verbally be like, well, maybe Brad K got into him. You know, it's like, can't be against Chase here. And Clint's like, no, nah, it was retaliation. Yeah. He turned him. Oh, yeah. So, so, okay, <laughs> so I agree him. with you on that too. Cause in the moment I immediately started complaining. I was like, I was like, of course, Mike Joy is going to defend Chase Elliott. I, no, I don't want to start a hate train on Chase Elliott. Like, I like the guy. He's cool. But we definitely know, like, he's NASCAR's marketing guy. Like, they, they love to push him everywhere. They won't, they're very happy when he wins and stuff like that. But um, I, as soon as Mike Joy said that, I was like, dude, come on now. But then if you actually look at the replay later, uh, Brad did hit him, but he was already on the way over to taking out Denny anyway. So I don't think it really did much. It might have over-exaggerated what he wanted to do, but still. Yeah, and the telemetry sp spoke for itself, I guess, as far as NASCAR is concerned. You know, they've got turning radiuses of steering wheels and, I mean, acceleration, brakes. I mean, they could see everything that Chase was doing in that car. And they said that was kind of the final, final, uh, they said cameras. I don't know what you could really tell from camera. I mean, of course, you can tell if a guy's just like, rah, to the left, but <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm guessing it, it was in-car camera, probably. Yeah, yeah. They probably that's saw what I'm saying. But, left. I guess. I mean, how hard do you have to crank it for it to show up on a camera well enough to go, yeah, that guy needs to set a race? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was I throwing was... the middle finger out the window, and that's what they saw while he was turning left. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I thought it was early for that, though, to be honest with you. I was surprised he didn't just pay him back later or something, because I didn't think it would have trashed his car too bad. I mean, it was definitely trashed from smacking the wall that hard, but I don't know. I didn't think it was right hook worthy, but maybe... uh Maybe maybe there was some more that happened before that went on I, that caused I would, issues. I would say it probably was there was a line cross somewhere in the race or over time, and Chase probably had just a lapse of judgment at that one moment and hooked him. It, you know, you know, they just rage that builds up in you, and you're just like, I can't do it anymore, and you just snap. And I think that's probably what happened there. Yeah, especially in how big of a race it is and this kind of point situation after being off, I'm sure emotions are running high in that situation. I mean, I guess he has to get a waiver now for to mm -hmm. still be in contention for the playoff. I, I did see sources that said he he will likely get one because they've given it to other drivers in this scenario. So I guess we'll see how that goes. And it's Chase Elliott. And it's Chase Elliott. Let's be honest. If they kicked him out of the playoffs, I think it would be a, a miracle to say the least. But I don't think they will. I don't know. I don't know what classifies kicking someone out of the playoffs. So I'll be honest with you. I feel like through suspensions and stuff, you you probably should still maintain your playoff eligibility. Like there's, you still raced for it at the end of the day. I mean, NASCAR wants a win and you're in situation. So I'd say I'd say it's fair that he gets his that he gets back in, and I don't think he's done anything worse than what other guys have done to get in. So right, I guess we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I. As as we've all stated, casual fan Dave over here, like I think it didn't look that serious uh, 
as as the as far as the cars hitting went of course denny hit the wall really hard and that sucked but like it didn't look like this really serious apparent incident it's definitely not something that like i stood up and went hey whoa you know um and so i was kind of surprised to see the suspension personally i mean then i saw denny's tweet with the telemetry and yeah i mean he hooked him but i think i agree with you it's good that we have precedent now but um yeah it, it uh you better be careful with your inputs in that car because it could be the difference between a suspension and not you know can, can i just ask how does denny get chase's telemetry can you see can you see everyone well the deal was they were blocking out like the the dashes the digital dashes of these cars at the first of the season because they didn't want to give away secrets and now you're telling me that diddy can just get his telemetry maybe it's I'm, something i'm thinking that he request. went to nascar or something yeah but they shouldn't Could, be releasing that either in my mind it's it's a really good point i mean i imagine every car is probably fitted with i mean norman can probably speak to this better than i can because he's an aviation guy but I'm sure they're fitted with some sort of like black box something that reads all that stuff, right? That they could just pull at any time. So they stole I'd it. imagine at least NASCAR bare minimum has access to it. But uh, yeah, you're right. That is weird. I never thought about that because they're two totally different teams. It's not like they're even on the same team. So they national yeah, I mean, treasured I, it. I could see. Yeah, I could see where like NASCAR would give Denny Denny's if he wanted it. But I don't see where Denny has another team's telemetry if they're trying to be secretive about everything. But anyways, it's a conspiracy. So on that combo um they probably released it to him because it was part of the accident is what they're going to claim it's like us going to the dmv to get accident reports from the thing that's probably why they gave it to him and he was probably in on the invest not in like that on the investigation he's he's being looked at too in the investigation so they're comparing you know all this stuff, and they probably send him like send the teams a file. So, I'm pretty sure Chase Elliott has his telemetry too. Well, and here's the other part: that if would it make was sense post, yeah, if it was post um, penalty, you know, they already made their decision, and they're releasing this as kind of a uh, wide open. Here you go. This is all the stuff we used, and this is how we came to our conclusion. Then, yeah, that that does make sense, and that might be what happened. I don't know the details, and especially behind closed doors so to speak with nascar and stuff and yeah he that's where it out pretty quick too though i like that twitter post was up like probably within an hour or two of the race being over i feel like like i thought it was up there really quick but mind you i guess you can discuss a lot with an official in an hour so who knows maybe they maybe they resolved it that quick and nascar just took their time coming up with a proper penalty as opposed to like when the decision was actually made versus when it was posted sort of thing i think my opinion I think it would have looked better if Hamlin would have let the penalty be posted first and then posted that than posting it like he did though. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree for like PR sake and stuff. It Denny's been kind of known to be a bit of a hothead on Twitter and stuff, mm-hmm. so I don't I'm not surprised. He he's usually pretty vocal about stuff whether it's for the which is actually good. I actually encourage more drivers to be vocal, maybe not necessarily in a hothead way, but I do like Denny because he does speak up on behalf of drivers and teams. He's one of those guys that can actually attest to a lot of these things because he can see it from both perspectives of what's best for the sport based off of the driver and the team's perspective. So I like that side of things, but I do know that sometimes when he gets mad, 
he goes a little bit off the rails pretty quick and jump into conclusions and stuff. But hey, he had a factual, he had a factual um, point there. Like he had proof to back up his point. So yeah, I mean, I guess it's valid, but I know what you mean for sure. Just seemed a little weird. That's all I'm saying. I love conspiracies. <laughs> On the back, yeah, I hear you. The backtrack just a little because you're talking about like the telemetry stuff. You know, you can't hide behind anything nowadays. Like used to, you could have, they could have done that, and all they could have gone off was the in-car cam, and that was back in the early two thousands. Now everyone, NASCAR has everything that your car's doing. You know. Yeah, and I mean that to to your point. I think that's what frustrates this, frustrates me personally the most about this whole situation is the post out of the in care field, you know, uh, infield care center. You know, here here's Elliot, and he didn't just say, "I turned him. I didn't like what he did. I turned him." He says, "Oh no, no! Once you hit the wall with these cars, you you know, you just you can't do nothing." So did you hit him? Well, like I said, you know, you just can't drive these cars after it hits the wall. Shut up, Chase. Yeah. You know, you know what you did, bud. Oh, yeah. Without, without sparking too much of a debate on it, I'm actually curious what your guys' uh, what your guys' thoughts yeah. is on this because I'm wondering, like, do is do you guys think NASCAR steps in too much nowadays? Because I know back then they used to, um, like, 100%, they used to be like, you know, let the drivers figure it out on track. And I think a lot of people like that because there wasn't this whole, here, this guy gets a five second penalty for this infraction and this article and this, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, not that I'm dissing F1. I do really think with them, you you can really easily kill someone without, by doing something stupid. Yeah. So it's, it's completely fair in that regard. But when it comes to NASCAR, I, obviously we know those guys can take a pretty big hit. Now, right hooking someone's a pretty big deal. It wasn't as simple as just dumping a guy. But we have seen them jump in a couple times this year, last year. Do you guys think that they've started becoming more like, hey, we need to start stepping in? Like, do you, do you think they've stepped in too much, stepped in too little? Do you think they should, like, what's your guys' take on it? I'm curious. Well, my first take is going to be, I was there, I remember the um, Brad Kalowski and Carl Edwards debacle. And... I think that's really when NASCAR said, hey, we've got to get a hold of this because this is getting dangerous. Uh, and if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, at Talladega, Brad got under Carl Edwards. It was not his fault. Carl Edwards tried to block him coming to the tribal for the win and got sideways and went into the catch fence. The car actually hits the catch fence right in front of me at in the grandstands. And destroyed the car some fans got injured by bodywork going into them so the next week at atlanta carl edwards paid brad back by dumping him same thing happened car got airborne went to the catch fence and that's when nascar stepped in and said hey guys we can't be having cars going in catch fences it i think that was all carl edwards issue nothing to do with brad but that's where we've got we can't have people hook it right hooking people into the walls and stuff because it gets it's dangerous. I think if you're upset with someone, give them a shove in the turn, see if get them loose a little, see if they spin out or nothing. That's a little bit less har- um harmless. It can still get dangerous, but that's I do think that NASCAR's got to step in on some of this stuff. 
Yeah, and I'm like you in the instance. I think you, I'm first. You said that's you know that he could have waited till later in the race to do something back to him, um, and and that would have set him up for a bump and run or lean on him going into a corner or something that we usually see that we're used to seeing. Even the hook left into the into the grass, we, we're used to seeing that too. But I I don't know. You know they were making such a big deal about it, and you know I think Antonio said it. Now you've said it, and I'm going to say it. You know the right hook. I don't know why. I guess we just don't see it because of the danger of it, and people just know you don't do it. And it's not like I think he thought in that moment, oh, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to right hook him now because I might not get the chance to later. I think like you said, it was a instinct or you know just uh, just off the cuff. He was just upset, and it, he just blew up. He just blew up. He th- threw a temper tantrum in a NASCAR is what he did. I don't think he meant to turn him into the wall directly head first. all that. It was just, you son of a, you know, I'm going to take you out. But at the same time, on, the, on your question, Antonio, I don't, I don't think they're getting in too far. Like Norman said, but the thing, you know, you, you got to stop it at some point because all these are is four-wheeled missiles running around. Yeah. They're going to get somebody hurt. And at the same time, there's a lot of money tied up in this thing, too. Uh, I mean, we don't talk about it as much on NASCAR as we do other sports because, like, F1 costs way more than NASCAR. I mean, I, we all know that. But at the same time, tear up cars every single week, and it gets expensive. And I don't think they want to see that, especially between Denny Hamlin and Chase. Those are guys that can win races, too. These are two guys in the back just around, you know? So... Anyways, that's my take on it. I think NASCAR is doing a good job of stepping in. I'm like you, Antonio. I'm glad there was a precedent set from the Bubba Wallace thing. That was a kind of a one-off, and now they've gone and done the exact same thing again. So now you know what you're going to get, and you might think about that before you do, you know, the next thing. I, part of me, <laughs> part of me wants to see them not let him in the playoff. So he had his injury outside of NASCAR, and then he, oh, he looked, he got himself back in probably, and then he couldn't keep his head good enough. So you lose out, man. Like they've given you two chances now this this season, yeah, it's enough. I, you've had your chance, bro. But that's just me. That's another yeah. conspiracy thing. Kid, well, I, would love I hear you for all that. I mean, for our podcast, I would love for that to happen because that would open up a whole another discussion. That's yeah, why they you. need they need to get rid of the win and your end crap because then now he's hurt himself by being suspended. They get rid of it winning your complications and. You're okay. Well, now you're one race less than everyone else. So those points well, that you just be, lost are major. It could be like, uh, yeah, 2015 again, where Bush won there after his injury as well. So, I mean, yeah, that's when are they going to put their foot down and saying, hey, you missed this many races? Like you can't do anymore. All righty. So I guess jumping into uh, the next topic that we got here, um, definitely. It was still a crazy race. There was still more to talk about. Um, Chase Briscoe, man, he got a huge penalty. That Dude. 14 team got absolutely yeah. decimated. Got I don't know if you guys saw that. Roasted. They got demolished. So, do we know what the part was exactly? Go ahead and give it the details first. Yeah, so so okay, I'll read you exactly what NASCAR issued in a in a second for what the uh the part was. But this is what that comes directly from NASCAR. It says the number 14 team has been issued a L3 penalty. For counterfeiting a next-gen part, the penalty is a loss of 120 driver and owner points, 25 NASCAR playoff points, a six-race crew chief suspension, and a $250,000 fine. Which, by the way, their cheating didn't even work because they finished like 30th or something. That's another one. Yeah, like if you're going to get that much thrown at you, you better win that, Dibs. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite bad. 
But uh, anyway, so the piece that they are saying um, that was counterfeit, and they know for sure, like, it wasn't unintentional. Like, this wasn't, like, a hood louver thing that, like, Hendrick was playing off as a mistake. Like, this is literally, they intentionally counterfeit a part. And uh, it was, it's the, they call it the duct that runs to the engine panel is, is what, that, that's, that's all I got. The duct that runs to the engine panel. I don't know what that means, but apparently this duct is designed to cool areas of the car and like directing air in a different direction could enhance the performance of the car supposedly. So they're saying that they counterfeit this part down to exact design, even to as much as like the little stamps that NASCAR puts on it, like their, you know, writing and, and everything. Ooh, so it was okay. a bang on carbon copy, yeah. but definitely designed for performance increase, which didn't work obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Um, wow. So that's big because I don't think we've seen an L3 penalty yet this year. And this is by far the highest. It's harsh. Um, it's the highest one they can issue. Um, and they, the team actually said that they don't intend to appeal. So obviously it was done intentionally. Yeah. They got um, busted. They they got busted. That's all it comes down to. But it's a huge penalty for Chase. Um, I don't know if he was in the playoffs to begin with. Do we know? Did Briscoe win? No, he was. he's way out there. He's like 31st right now. 124 so, points below the cutoff, but he was, I think he would have been in then. How does it? So what you're saying point. is there, there will be zero chase in next race. Oh, there's no Damn. chase. That's, that's Damn. true. That is a race. fact. Can't have NASCAR that, race without a guy named Chase in it. Yeah, dude, you're, you're missing out. Um, Chase's ain't going to be chasing no victory it. next week. I'm just Ooh. saying. Oh, all right. That's enough. You nailed it. Anyways. <laughs> So moving back into, I guess, the actual racing. Um, again, I, I still think overall it was it was pretty good. Um, moving on to the to the end of the race. Uh, guess who won, guys? I know you're so. Who yeah, that's that again? right. YRB. Let's we can go! move on. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah, oh, I knew. Man. I I knew that was gonna be bad, and I, you blew up chats everywhere. It was awesome. Oh man, I saw this. You. I saw this one <laughs> meme, dude, where it was like, it was like uh, Ryan Blaney fans watching Ryan actually be able to lead an entire race, put it all together, and come out and win. And I was like, yeah, yes. I was like, that was me right now. I was like, you don't even understand, dude. The guy's like the king of finishing second or like doing well in the early stages of the race, yeah, and then not being there at the end. I'm like, ah, oh, killing me. But I uh, do Penske sweet, bro. I love that team. So that was freaking sweet. Yep. I know I jumped a little bit over to IndyCar, but. I mean, I guess it would be good. We could segue to, segue to IndyCar, man. I mean, is there much more you guys want to talk about NASCAR? I, I didn't see the whole race. I thought it was good, other than some a lot of cautions, but you guys got any more? Of course you good. Of course you think I it think, was good. I think who it won? was cool. Um, well, depends who you are, but it was decently cool to see the rain delay because we still did get some of that daytime, nighttime, hot track, cool track situation because when I heard that the race was starting at two eastern or whenever it started one eastern or i don't remember three eastern three eastern two central yeah when it like i was like oh man now we're just running 400 lap races in normal time like it's gonna totally take the race away but i felt like there still was that development of the track because we had that kind of extended rain delay so i was i thought it was it it was a long race it felt like the texas race i went to with the rain delays and the crazy amount of cautions and like the bad restarts and the but overall for a monday race it was really entertaining mm -hmm. i'm happy i watched it yeah without what i was i'm just glad i was off working at the pool 
Yeah, I know. We actually saw the pool this time, so we can confirm he does actually go to the pool. Yeah, so we, can we do know it's legit. Pool. Yeah, with his Toshiba. Yeah, with his Toshiba <laughs> and his Gator bats <laughs> and a nice glass of whiskey on ass. Anyway, now I thought it was a good race. Anyways, um, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, outside of uh, my bias for Blaney winning, obviously, um, I, from from what I've heard all around, I I know the racing was good. I definitely felt long though. Like I wouldn't have want to been a fan that was at the track that day. That would have been one of those ones where you're like, okay, the race is over. Like, let's freaking go home, dude. This is ridiculous. So I, I think overall most people are satisfied, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't do my research this week. I apologize. And Jewel quit changing the national anthem so much. <laughs> On Memorial Day of all days. That was my segue into IndyCar. Norman looks very dissatisfied over there. Oh, yeah, well, he's back <laughs> onto it. Penske, baby. Yeah. The sweep. The sweep. You should be happy. I mean, Logano sucks, but other than that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm happy for let's it. Let's jump into it. Well, let's jump, let's jump we'll, into some we'll get to the IndyCar finish here in a little bit because we got controversy there. Um, you don't want to laugh? I do. didn't actually see the last, like, two laps because it took so long that I tuned off. What? That was the whole race. He had like four red flags, bro. It was like F1 all over again. I was sitting there. I was like, no, it was like NASCAR. No, No, that's not NASCAR. That was like F1 about three years ago. Yeah, where was it? Um, there was like a there was a race that ended under. They would not end it under safety car. They threw like three red flags. Oh, I'm stupid, bro. It was Australia this year. Was it not? I'm pretty sure it was Australia. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking. I'm talking about the Hamilton. Max Verstappen letting only half the field oh, go around. Yeah, that oh, was oh, yeah. It's Abu Dhabi's final race of the season of 2021. Yes. 2021. Oh, okay, yeah. no. So I wasn't talking about the rule implications part of it because I did hear that that happened and I don't actually know anything about it. So I'm happy to hear about this from Norman in a sec. But no, I was referring to the fact that we got like three freaking red flags and it was just like that freaking earlier race this year in Australia where it was like, are we going to end sometime this year or like, what are we doing yes. here? So that was painful. I, I'm not gonna lie. I actually turned the TV off because I was like, "Okay, I can't do this." They were just so like, I, gotta, I gotta go do something else. Is the so, Indy 500, uh, man? Well, before we jump to the end of the race, we'll get to that later. Yeah, my fault. My fault. Let's let's run it back. Run um, it back. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So since we talked about him last week and the roller coaster of emotion, let's talk about Graham Rahal starting this race. Or not starting. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he didn't quite. Sorry. At that point, I think I would be like, "Look, there's a reason that this is all happening to me. I don't need to race this race. I need to get out of this damn car and get off this track this weekend." Yeah. Um. I guess they cranked the cars to start the pace laps, and at Indy, they put the, all the cars down the front stretch. You don't start pit road. You start on the front stretch. And he, they went to crank his car, and they could not get it to start and stay running. Want to talk about conspiracies? That's really crappy for him. I'm not gonna lie. When I saw that too, yeah. I was like, "Damn!" Don't you know he said sucks. something uh, crappy about a Chevy in that moment? Chevy, <laughs> Chevy. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, no! It was luckily he wasn't driving a Ford. Or you would have never got it started. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they did. They did after a lap. Get, ruthless, the dude. Grace went green. He was they're still working on a pit road. They got him back up and running and onto the track one lap down. He was not relevant all race because he couldn't get his lap back. But 
Um, I don't think hey, actually, that. I have a question on lapbacks real quick. So, I mean, I might, this might be good because I might be thinking the same stuff that some people are listening to uh, think as well. Cause I don't know anything about India. So did they used to not have a lucky dog? Cause I thought that wasn't a thing. They don't have a lucky dog. I thought it, somebody said there was lucky dogs in this. You know, lucky dog. There's no, nothing at all. You, so he was screwed. So no luck, only skill. You, you have to stay out. Yeah, yeah. So and it's get like ahead of the wave. leader. Yeah, so it's, it's a wave. Those, you can't get a lap. Yeah, they back. just okay. get wave buys. Okay. Is the only I, way to get your lap back. I thought I heard somebody say that there was lucky dog somewhere, and I was like, when did that become a thing? I thought they never did that. So okay, that makes more sense. I'm cool with it. You got you can jump back yeah. into what you're saying. So, but yeah, that was just a rough start for um, Ray Hall. Unfortunate, but. It was what it is. What it is. The race pretty meant for me. I thought it was just a routine Indy 500. Lots of passing. Very exciting through the whole thing. Uh, a lot of guys just settling in and racing and trying to get the pit stops. Uh, you had Aero McLaren and Ganassi dominating from the start. Uh, I don't know what happened to Polo or Dixon. They both just they didn't. They didn't have it like I thought they would. Aaron McLaren oh. dominated most of that. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just going to say, Pelot got tagged in the freaking pits. Yeah. I don't know if y'all seen that. Oh, yeah, I did see that. That was what he got kind of pushed back to the back because they had to push him that, back to change a wing. That was unfortunate, man. Uh, who was it to hit him? I can't remember. It's a six car. Uh, Rosenquist. Gold. Yeah, Ro Rosenquist. Uh, and and that wasn't the only time that happened during the race. Uh, no. Didn't Catherine, Catherine Leg Catherine almost took out a freaking tire changer in someone's pit. Yeah, it was bad. Like, it was darn it was close to really being very close. dangerous. And I know a lot of people are banging on her just because she's a woman in, in the social media and stuff. But that happened earlier in the race to somebody who's, you know, just as good, if not better driver than her. But I'm just saying, it happens. So, hold yeah. on. Can you walk me through what happened there again? I know he spun his tires out of the box, but was the guy who spun his tires out of the box the one who ended up spinning and tagging someone, or did he get tagged by someone yeah, else? Yeah, so he was trying to go up and around the first plate, which Polo got pulled, right? And so he had first pit stall, so he could go straight out. So he was going straight out, kind of close to the wall, but starting to veer towards, you know, the outside of the pit road, you know, not trying to cut anybody off. I'm not trying to make it sound like he was cutting people off. He was just getting out of his stall and towards the end of pit lane. And the other guy had spun around, and he was just lighting his tires up like they do in Indy. And do they light some tires up? Yeah, they did. Boxes, boys. Yeah, I mean, they laid some rubber yeah. down. I didn't know they did it that crazy it either until then. It was like he hit too hard or something. It it went for a long time. When they replayed it, I was thinking he should have known like that his tires were still going three pit stalls down or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it just kept spinning. Now Catherine Legs, when it happened to her, she pulls out tried to go around the car in front of her and there was a car to the outside that I don't think she was aware of. Somebody jumped around her and so then while she was spinning, she tried to turn a little bit to the left, then to the right and then she overcorrected and slammed it. Yeah, slammed yeah. it. Down. She almost took out a crew member. Um, and that's that's a horrible, horrible way to get out of a Indy 500 on yeah, pit that, road. That really sucks. I, I felt bad for her and sorry to jump in and I just wanted some, I mean, it's probably good to get some context for other listeners too. have no idea, but I just missed it too. Like I saw what happened, but I can't quite remember. Cause and was, if y'all can, if y'all don't think that's the way it went down, that's the way I saw it. It's just, I don't know why he was probably trying to, I mean, you're trying to win the race off pit road to get in first place, right? Pretty much. And that's probably where his mind was looking and wasn't really paying attention that he had over-revved no. and was yeah. just been. It, it was under caution too. So 
Polo didn't yeah, lose was, anything, it, but put him in the back of the pack. Yeah, um, no, they got him fixed up, and he didn't lose a lap. No, but he was. I mean, he was. The, he had a damn fine machine, as you'd see later on in the race. He he did make it back up to the front. Yeah. But. Um. Yeah. Moving on. Um. Like normal, there's always a late court, the late caution in this race, and I forgot when the first one came out. Um. But we had a caution come out, and they're trying to finish it under um, green, so we get a red flag, and everything seems normal. Um, then we get to the second wreck. Uh, it was, I forget who was spinning and hit Kirkwood. Um, oh, you had to ask. I had it and lost it. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because Kirkwood wreck. is the, the person that needs to be talked about. Uh, I'm pretty sure these tires are tethered. They are. Uh, that tether did not do its job. If anything, it worked like an elastic band. <laughs> and we had a tire over the fence, over the grandstand, oh, and into a parking lot. Luckily, God, there was a man. gap in the grandstand because I thought, and I want y'all's opinion on this, I felt NBC handled the whole situation really bad. Because they should have known pretty early that it didn't hit the grandstands, but kept us in suspense for at least eight minutes of the tire. Like, don't even talk about the tire. Don't even, th like, you clearly see the tire go over the fence. And that's all we know for eight minutes. That, so they finally, like, oh, yeah, tire went over the fence and it didn't hit anything. Y'all, everything's that fine. Easily, that easily could have been the worst accident in American motorsport. Oh, yeah. Easily. Did you yeah. And yeah, the people ducking was what got me when they showed that easily. Replay. You that see tire, the fear in their eyes. If you watch it at full speed, that tires did not slow down. That thing was going 160 miles an hour plus. Like that thing was flying through the air. Did and you see the you, car it hit? Oh, uh, I haven't yeah. seen it. I didn't yeah, get to and see Indy, it. Indy was like, like, let her kiss the bricks and gave her a ride home and like apologized profusely. And like, um, no, I. I think one, it's part of racing. Like if you're going to go to a race, especially a race that between you and that, what's going on on the track, which is 30 death machines hurtling by at 200 and something miles an hour. Like there's a risk with being a racing fan, but, uh, I think you're right, Norman. I, I felt sick in my stomach cause I, I backed it up myself because I wanted to see what had happened, whether it was bad or good. I wanted to see my with my own eyes and you could see the tire miss the grandstands yeah so they knew they knew that it had missed and that it was okay and maybe someone got hit on the ground but they did a horrible job at milking it for exposure i thought because yeah i mean th that that would have that could have easily taken out a dozen people or more like <clears throat> seriously close to the worst thing that's ever happened in the u.s i so. could have killed a good 15 maybe 20 puppies seriously oh, yeah. Just why, I mean, I was just watching like a micro documentary about the Le Mans disaster and like, I think that was 84 people and that was one car in the grandstand. So like, yeah, no, like a tire, yes, can take out 10 plus people. No problem. Like, that's scary, man. Really, really scary. I don't really think they could have avoided it. Either. Uh, and not to dive too deep in the safety podcast, I said immediately to everyone in the room, I was like, the you've got to understand when you go to these events, this is things that can happen, though. 
yeah it's it's part of being a race yeah. fan but but the, at the same the, time it yeah. takes your breath away watching it happen live you're i i was literally standing in front of the tv like give me an update what is that like please let me know it like you don't have to tell me like if something went wrong just be like hey yeah we've got an issue is We're, this the saddest day in motorsport in the last century or not yeah that was what i wanted to know like is this the is this the the biggest thing since the disaster at Lamar or not? Yeah, I, it was immediately on my mind. As soon as that tire, as soon as I saw it fly off that car, it's what was in my mind. Like, mm -hmm. oh my god! Like, I think we all this, took a second to process it too. Like that thing friggin' boogied off the friggin'. <laughs> well, when track. I first like, watched the wreck, oh my god! When, yeah, when I first scary. saw the wreck, the camera angle, if I remember right, was like the wall camera, you know, the one with the flowers kind of, you know, yeah. always fly by, and so. You see it go by, and it looked like the tire shot up. And I was like, "Wait, I think that's not supposed to happen." And then, mm. like, they show it from the other view, and there's no tire rolling down the track. And then they kind of, you know, did the replay from the other yeah, way. You can see it just it's fast, cr just Bad. careening, like cruising. Yeah. But we're all good. What? We lost a Chevy Cruze. Anyways, luckily, that's nobody it. heard that we know of. We lost a white Chevy Cruze. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Man, Chevy. Andy was hating <laughs> on some Chevys, bro. It's just not their day. Thank God, dude. Seriously, thank end. God. That was cool. Yeah, right. Um, you oh. keep jumping to the end. <laughs> I think it was so a that, real yeah. eye opener, honestly. Like, uh, not just for you know, for us, we we know how much safety's involved. We've been around racetracks. We race. We we you know what I mean. We we know what it's like, but. I think it's a really big eye opener for a casual yeah. fan to just be like, "Hey, you know what? Like these guys are hauling ass, and they're riding around on the edge for 200 laps of a car that's going 230 plus miles an hour, and a tire flew off yeah. and can fly off and could hit kill you in the stands at any time. Like it's it's a true testament to like these guys are on the limit, man. I don't think many people respect IndyCar that are just it's, a casual that don't know much about it. Like they're yeah, doing two hundred and thirty miles an hour, dude. Like they are two hundred thirty. Two hundred thirty is stupid speed, boys. It's stupid. Like NASCAR. I mean, people watch NAS. You know, casual people watch NASCAR for the wrecks. They're just like, oh my gosh, they're wrecking at two hundred miles. They're doing no. an extra thirty miles per hour, and they're not even yeah. in a freaking box crazy roll cage, man. They're in a freaking yeah. tube. They're 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 in a Pringles tube, dude. Like that's pretty much what they got. Oh. And can we talk about that in-car camera with Kyle Kirkwood going down there skidding on his top with all the sparks and everything? What somebody needs to teach this man. He tucked his arms in real well. Your your shield. Right? Yes. Your yes. Needs to stay down. <laughs> the first thing he did, he's like, all of a sudden down. I need some air in here. I can't yeah. breathe. <laughs> like, I, I thought it popped up though. In, de in his well, defense, I, I thought it popped up. Oh, you're going to see me slapping that yeah, thing back no, down, I'm with dude. You. I mean, I would have closed it too, without a doubt. But yeah, no, he left I, it open. And for, for I've, anyone, done it, I've, I've done it even being around welders and stuff. I slap my helmet back down and somebody else starts welding sometime. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? This guy's <laughs> just sliding. He's like, Spark why show. is everything so bright? And like, why are my eyes getting burnt? hot in here with these sparks, bro. Uh, Pop shit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, his freaking visor's wide open sliding down the track with sparks. It goes to show you how so, used to wrecking they are, too. He was so nonchalant about it. He's like, oh, I'm upside down sliding, bro. We don't. I crash. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it almost looked like he was like, is it done yet? Is it done yet? All right, it's done. Yeah. I'll stop. Okay. You're a passenger. But, okay, so we'll quit a quick hot, hot take. Like, I think this was proof for me that, like, 
whether it's NASCAR interfering with giving penalties, or we talk a lot about IndyCar safety and how great the AMR safety team is, and we even give crap to Formula One. Like, I guess it was it was kind of proof to me that like you can safety it to death, but like at the end of the day, like like you said, Antonio, these are cars going 230 miles an hour. Like, it's an un, it's inherently unsafe, and like that's part of being a fan, and that's part of signing up when you're when you're a driver. When you're a dad putting your kid in go-karting, it's something that is generally accepted. Like, this is a dangerous sport. It's very dangerous. And, like, our job is to keep you as safe as we can, but there's limits to that. Like, what are we going to do? Make the tethers out of steel? Are we going to start, like, compromising or more steel? I think, because aren't they aren't they Kevlar? I think that's I think what I read They're somewhere. Kevlar and metal braided, I'm pretty sure. But but like, yeah, but like, where are we going to make more compromises for safety? And at what point are we going to have a moment like this where we all realize like, oh, it doesn't matter if it's made of Kevlar and metal braid. It doesn't matter. Like if you hit that hard enough at the right angle, it's going to fly off into the stands. And, and I'm, afraid, I'm afraid that they're going to pick to slow them down. That's what I don't want. That's what I was going with this. It's like yeah, the only I, way you make it safer is to sterilize it. And that sucks. So I'm fine with it. I go to Coda, I'm fine with the risk of getting hit in the face with a piece of carbon fiber. Like, cool. I don't know. It's part it's part of being a racing fan. Are you serious or not? Are you here for Instagram photos? Or are you here to watch the race? You know? And I'm not saying that I would have been happy to get hit with a tire at 160 miles an hour, but if I was there and it flew over my head, it's not like I would have been like, oh my gosh, I never would have expected this to happen at Indy. Like, no, now we know. Yeah. If you forgot. Yeah. This is real. Yeah, so, and, anyway. and I think to touch on like our safety stuff, I know, I know, we we joke and say, "Oh, we're the safety podcast," but I mean, it's it's a big thing in in the, the motorsports nowadays. So I really think a lot of these sports have done a great job at doing what they can. Like, you're never going to be able to protect from everything that can possibly happen. You're not going to. But I think in the regard of safety, I really think American motorsports leads the way. Like F1's cars are safe. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. We saw that with Max's 55G impact. We've seen it with other things, but. I really think IndyCar has done great. I think NASCAR has done awesome. I mean, they have the most room to work with, but they I think they've done awesome. And I mean, the only one that's maybe a little bit on the lacking side is F1, um, but I think that's more to do with the actual placement of people around the track and stuff. But all, all, all things aside, my, my whole point with what I was saying with this is I really think they've done well with safety. I don't think this is something where we're like, why did this break? I would have never seen this happening. We need to change so much stuff. Now, there's maybe R&D you can put into it to maybe not make it prevent or prevent it from breaking in that high of an impact. But if it's a matter of changing something even more that compromises something else, I don't think it's worth it. So again, I think they're doing good. I think this scenario was just the perfect storm. How he clipped Kirk, what is the reason that tire came off? And I don't yeah. think you can predict that. No. Not not with open wheel cars, especially. No. So I'm not doing uh, 230 miles an hour. Yeah, Formula One doesn't do that. Not even close, actually. Not even close. I think the what's the fastest we've seen a Formula One car go like 211, 212 yeah. on the straights, maybe. Like no, I. And that's like draft it, and DRS all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Even at Texas, they were doing 230 plus. Which this is a couple nuts. weekends ago. That's pretty scary. Insane. In Texas doing two thirty. I could. I. I don't think I'd have the balls to do that. I'm not gonna lie. No way. I'll be like one fifty. Woo! I got it. But <laughs> still, <laughs> like the the most dangerous 
This this was the most dangerous point in the entire IndyCar season, even though they were doing 230 at Texas and at Indy, and it involved the crowd, not the drivers. Like, Kyle Kirkwood was fine. He had his visor up. He walked away, brushed himself off like no big deal. So, I mean, and it's we, pretty safe. Like If you go back overall. and listen to our podcast about Texas, we all said that we thought 2x2, two 3D, two, something terrible was going to happen at the end of that race. And yeah. one guy spins and hits the wall, and... That's all that happened. I'm speaking about yeah. Texas and Uh-oh. ending under caution. I like Texas. Uh, so IndyCar decides to throw. We had three cautions, four cautions. I think this actually was one of the early, original cautions that had happened. Uh, but like, can we talk about Stingray Rob? Because that guy, Stingray Rob again, my man. Is the first caution right? I think he. I think it was. He was an early caution in the race. It was the first wreck, right, yeah. of the race. Yes, it was like, who's that? Oh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> we, do, we just need to have a stingray update. I'm pretty sure every week. <laughs> the, the, sting, the stingray, the stingray beat. Is what I, we'll call it. I uh, will uh, give him this. Robin, my fun. <laughs> <laughs> he, it's. It is easy in a long run to lose control of your car at this track, I feel. Um, he just happened to be the first one to do it, like normal. I was going to say, how many people were in this race? <laughs> 33. How many are professionals and how many spun out by themselves? <laughs> Oops. One. Anyway, I just wanted to say, I just wanted, who, who I didn't want to glaze over that. No, no, Stingray Rob. Oh, oh, oh my fault, my fault, my fault. <laughs> but that was a that was a candid shot you made there. So good for you. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna be honest. I I missed what the first part. Mister, the so only I was like, name okay. I know. Like, yes, yeah, the only guy yeah. I know. I know he wrecks a lot. So let's talk. We talking about Grosjean. Hey, hey, there's there's a name I want to throw out there before we get to the very end. My boy Santino Ferrucci. I thought he was gonna. I, it was oh, my call man. for the last week, last episode. I thought oh, he was gonna buy it. And Me this, too, bro. And I thought I, actually okay. I thought conspiracy. Little little, little tinfoil hat again. I was like, oh, they're going to do it. They keep going back to AJ Foyt. He's starting to get tears in his eyes. This is going to uh-huh. be Indy 500. Anyways, yeah. Well. No, your conspiracy is right. They didn't want him winning because they can... Now they have a championship contender and beating... A, or winning his first and beating the defending Indy 500 champion. So that's going to play on that for the rest of the year. Oh, yeah. But these cars are remote controlled, aren't they? Yep. Yeah. There's this dude sitting up there. <laughs> Anyways, back to your point, sir. Uh, it's like the moon landing. It didn't even happen. It was filmed. <laughs> it's a Scorsese film. <laughs> they uh, um, anyway. <laughs> so they get going. We had a couple of red flags, a couple of cautions there at the end. We I think the end of the race took what almost an hour, if not over an hour, to finish. It was really starting to remind me of NASCAR. And trying to finish a race under green flag. Before you go on, you know what's funny? I was thinking too when we were on like lap, you know, like 150 and we had 50 to go. I was like, man, this race is going by really fast. <laughs> like Daytona 500 is usually like three and a half hours. I'm like, we're only two hours in. This is great. I'm going to leave at a good time. And I, yeah, no, I can't. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> no. I was stoked, and then we no, just no, too bad you ain't going. They, they should have just came on and been like, "It's time for overtime." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right. waiting for it. Overtime. 
Where's Mike Joy when you need him? Um, Dang it. So they literally red flagged this race with two laps to go. They let the cars leave pit lane and take the green immediately. Which is totally off the wall, right? Yes. Like that is not indie. No. The race should have your the race should have ended under caution. It should have been Erickson winning. It should have just ended. You don't have enough laps to turn a race. Although that last caution before the red flag on boy Santino made a really good move on the outside, so I was all for it because I was like, he's going to do it again, you know? Yeah. But no, I, I agree, dude. Uh, I love that people try to end it under, you know, racing circumstances, but at the same time, sometimes the cars just fall, dude. Yeah. And for IndyCar doing it so well at Texas and failing it, I think it's just because it was Indy. And they were just like, we got to do this for the fans. But I think the fans would have understood. Also, going back to Ferrucci, he was in second place when that caution came out. As a fan and a guy that was rooting for him at the time, I I have to disagree, honestly. Uh I really think that they called it right with where the lights came on. Yet again, another NASCAR moment. I can't feel like NASCAR again. We're like, where was he at? Well, you can see the light behind him here, a blur of yellow. Or someone's got a snow cone. We really can't tell by this shot, but that is the light. And uh, yeah, no, he's there. Yeah, I I thought he was in. I thought he deserved second there, um, which would have changed the whole end of the race. I um, think he had the car to beat, man. Like he was on fire. That they built a machine. That was that thing was just cruising. He was riding in third for almost the whole race, and he asked them, what do I do? And they said, well, can you pass him? And he said, yeah. And they said, just stay back there. He said, okay. As soon as he got the go-ahead, he knew he had one stop left. Like, he made it to his yeah. times. Everybody had a stop left. He just blew past the guys two laps. Second, went from third, knocked off second, knocked off first, and was leading the race and running away. Yeah. It was ridiculous how fast that car I was. Did, I, I think thought he got ripped that, off. though, I thought he pitted too early. And I think so the, the cautions, first couple, I think the oh. cautions helped him out get back in the race. It um, had to have because uh, he came in with Pillow right at the first, and I yeah. and, and I was like you, I I thought it was too early, and then then he was on that cycle, and the only thing that saved him was the cautions. You're right. Yeah. I, so thanks, Stingray Rob. <laughs> I felt that they um, should have. I, I knew when the new guy when they came out of pit and where he was. And he wasn't on fresh tires anymore. I was like, he's a sitting duck now. I'm like, he needed to be 10 seconds ahead of these guys coming out on fresh tires. Um, but to get back to the end of the race. So it was Marcus Erickson, our defending 500 champion and new garden. No one ever has never won the Indy 500 coming to a one lap shootout. And I, I would say this is like going back to the Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen restart at Abu Dhabi. Marcus Erickson is a sitting duck. He, there's nothing he really could do to defend there um, because you knew Newgarden was going to wait for the backstretch. And with the draft and everything, Newgarden got the run down the backstretch, got him into three, and there's just not enough time coming on the front stretch for Erickson to retaliate down the front stretch. And New Garden um, with Penske Racing wins his first Indy 500. Hey, Penske! <laughs> I thought it was a great finish. I mean, it was, it, you're right, like there was some gimmicky 
remnants of Abu Dhabi Formula One, like Michael, you know, where's Michael Massey? Yeah. Like, but uh, it it was a very entertaining finish. Yes. And Newgarden aced. That was pretty crazy to see. He was pretty far back when that, after the restart when they took off. I was like, "Dang, Erickson did it again!" And well, yeah. And then you had all the you know we kind of skipped over it, but was it was it a ward that was leading and they had to do an extra parade lap because he slowed the whole pack down? Was that a ward? I can't remember. That who was, was leading after at that the time. first red flag. First, first red flag, and he slows the the whole cars down so far to get a good run that they were going slower than uh pit road pace speed. Yeah. Nice. Pit road speed. And they and waved then they the took Ricardo. off and they yellow flagged it and was like, are you kidding me? And they did nothing to my man. These are professionals. He knew what he was doing and he had to go a whole nother parade lap with this, with these cars at the Indy 500. He should have had to go on around or wait till the whole pack goes around. You're at the back of the pack now. Yeah. No, there needs to be, be a punishment for that. He was doing like 30 <laughs> mile an hour. They said, um, yeah, you knew crazy. what you were doing, and you you held up the whole Indy 500 for it. Ridiculous! I had, I had actually moved out to the pool for the final restart and got to the pool just in time. Stand um, pool again, dude! Yeah. I'm telling you, this pool you know, must be amazing. This pool gets more action than Everyone anything was, in this match. They had the <laughs> <laughs> they had the race on out there, so yeah. I ran out there to watch it in the race, and everyone was like, "Oh, Erickson's got it on the restart." And I saw them coming off it too, and I said, no. I said, this is New Garden's race. He's won this race. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, guys, y'all don't understand how massive the draft is here. Like, yeah. he's got Especially this. when he didn't... Yeah, especially when he didn't have to block from behind. Yeah. Ferrucci got such a horrible start that he was blocking the whole time. There was no one. It was just them two. Yeah. Um, I was like, no. And they all looked at me after the race. They're like, huh? It's like, guys... This is the Indy 500. This is, you got to know this is coming. Like, you need two or three laps on a restart to figure this race out. Um, so, but like I said, congratulations to New Garden, um, on one of the Indy 500. And I guess really the now the big topic is the Detroit Grand Prix this weekend on the streets of Detroit. Um, we're not at Belle Isle anymore, which, I think I'm going to be disappointed about. We're going to see our first double-sided pit lane this weekend. What do y'all think about that? Chaos. Yes. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing, dude? Come yeah. on, no. It's crazy. I feel like this is a gimmick race. Fortunately, I feel the same way, and I, I always thought Indy was kind of one of those that stayed true most of the time, you know, yeah. unfortunately. And, and, but we're seeing it everywhere, dude. I wish we were still at Bell Isle and just running there. I felt like that always produced a good indie race because it's such a hard course to drive with how rough it is. So, yeah, I like I like Bell Isle. I think that's a it's a produces a great indie car race too, I think. Uh. So, we're we're going to the streets of Detroit, but I guess um enough really with indie car. Let's go to the streets of Monaco. Monte Carlo. It was Monaco. I mean, you know what you're gonna get, right? <laughs> hey, we got the rain cool on Sunday. Was, yeah, I mean, it was nuts. So, yeah, I mean, it, that was the big topic. I think of the whole race. If you're watching the race, I mean, Monaco's Monaco. Once the start, right, first lap, everybody kind of gets settled in. 
they're kind of in a train at that point. Um, the people that did try to pass didn't have that much luck. There was some pretty good passes. Norris actually made a couple of exciting passes. Um, I thought Magnuson's uh, was pretty good. Max is okay. Um, I, I man, there is just some stuff, but we'll dive into it. I think, and I'll go straight to the end and just say it right now. I there was a lot of good drives. Um, Stroll was not one of them. I don't know if y'all noticed Lance Stroll had him a horrible day. Um, he was in the back due to qualifying, and then he was just pushing too damn hard. I don't know how many cars he ping ponged off of, and I think they had to change his front wing once or maybe twice. Uh, he was just having a really, really bad day. Um, another guy that had a bad day was oh, Carlos Sainz. I mean, he looked primed to shoot. Yep. I think he might have, you know, he might have had a podium. That car was fast. Leclerc got stuck in the back with all his jive. I didn't really feel like he was ever going to come up there and do much, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, the rain, I think, was the big one. I mean, that was the big talk of the day, if you ask me. Because it was like the race was going on and it was starting to feel a little little slow, so to speak. And then you started seeing some clouds and people start talking about it. And I was like, at first it was with like 15, 20 to go. There's going to be some rain. And then it was like, with 35 or 45 to go, there's going to be some rain. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. oh, okay, that's not good. And then the rain started on one side in two corners on one side of the track. And I was thinking, ah, oh, it's just going to skirt. It's just me and my wife are arguing about it. Like we know how Monaco's set up or something, you know? And then she's yeah. like, well, if it starts there, it's going to go across. It's like, well, it could be coming over those mountains and it's probably just headed out to sea. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. Not, oh, yeah. 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 It happens all the time, you know, when we're there. <laughs> when we're and, there. Uh, <laughs> I know you go there a lot, right, Levi? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Three, four times a year. Make your big yacht out like there. Three. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> it's so, it was funny because we're just like going back and forth, but. And it was like, we both did know, so we're like, oh, you may be right. I don't know. But, so it did. It started in, in two two corners, and it really wasn't bad enough at first for anybody really to take tires. And then it was like, once it got to that point, it was there, like, now. We have yep. to go now. Right now, yeah. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say it now, and I'll say it later, probably. Red Bull and Max, their strategies were so on point. They're amazing. Max was griping wanting to come in for tires even when it started raining he's like i could do a lot better if it wasn't for these tires over the radio and at the same time they just kept telling him we're waiting out for this rain you know we're holding out for this rain they just did a great job all around um yeah i thought max killed it with the tire saving too man like honestly top top job to him i know he's got the best car so everybody's like oh he's gonna manage the tires for me yeah but honestly man like you can't discredit it. Like he held on to those mediums for a long freaking time. A long time, man. That was, that was it. It kind of it kind of discredited all the other races we've seen and all of the other announcing and commentating we've seen where it's like, oh well the mediums have so many laps and like no they dude it like this guy that was insane. That was insane. I mean, maybe it is the car, maybe it is the driver. I don't know. I don't know if anyone can do that. I'm not a Formula One driver, but that was a very long time on those yellow tires. Yep. And then, and then on the, when the rain starts, Alonzo, a lot of people are kind of banging on him during the race. He came in, he got, you know, I think he went on yellows or, or, uh, hards. I can't remember which when the rain had started, but we didn't know if it was full on. The bad part was this, him and Max were so far above everyone else. He could do that with no penalty for position. So I say, I get exactly what they were doing. Look, 
if Max goes on enters and we go on slicks and it quits racing, you might catch him and he's going to have to come back in the pits and we don't. It didn't happen. He comes back in and gets tires. I mean, that's how far yeah. away from everyone else, Alonzo and Max, where they could play this little chess game and not lose anything. Um, Max, like I said, he didn't play any chess game. That was just win, win, win. I mean, it, it's, it's strictly how you would dissect that race if you say you're going to win this looking backwards. On that strategy call, um, I really do think that they got caught out too by an unfortunate circumstance because honestly, I think like the, I know the announcers were saying like if that sector was the only one that the rain stayed in, like it's actually faster to stay on the like to, to stay on slicks than it is for rain. Um, but I really think like Alonso just got caught out. Like he was in the pit lane as it pretty much started raining everywhere, as opposed to where it was just raining on the one side of the track there down by the uh, hairpin. Um, and I really thought at the time it probably was the best call. I, I don't think they could have foreseen it just being like, hey, it's going to dump. I think they just came in at literally the worst possible time and got caught out by an unfortunate circumstance. <laughs> he was mad. I, I agree. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Well, I mean, at that point, what do you do? Like, is it worth it to hold him an extra few seconds and you're, well, who knows? I mean, it could be an extra 30 seconds. We've seen teams scramble and they don't have the right tires ready. Would it have been worth it or should they have just sent him back out? I mean, honestly, I think sending him out is faster unless you think you can grab the new tires in 19 seconds. Like, I think that's what they were saying is how much time he lost in the pits was 19 seconds overall. Uh, I, I think you got to send him out. Um, I also think that they 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 had the ability to risk it, and if they risk the risk first reward was at that point where you got to go for it. You weren't going to lose anything by getting their strategy wrong. You were going to gain everything by nailing that strategy because <laughs> because Max needed tires and Alonzo needed tires. They weren't going to last much longer. And with Max out there on those tires, like he was in what the conditions they were in, Alonzo could have made up a lot of time and made that race something if that rain would have held off. I thought overall Alonzo did an incredible job. Yes. I'm happy rain that came in. That yeah. was cool. It made it yeah. shook up the race. Yes. It was cool. Yeah. I love Rain in Monaco, dude. I know it's dangerous as hell. And every time I think about it, I just go back to there's a meme out there. This is everyone else in racing at Monaco in the rain, and it's like all these cars going by, and it was with uh, Kimi Raikkonen was in the, in the Ferrari team, and it yeah, says yeah. Kimi when it's raining, and he comes by with his DRS <laughs> open. He actually hit the button to see if it's still working. It was wide open, and he's just <laughs> cruising down through there. But uh, there's just been so many good races in the rain at Monaco, man, and it's so be it's just it's picturesque to me. You know, the the spray coming off the back, and and the casino in the background, and all the buildings, and the and, you know all the yachts out there. I would say it was entertaining, but it was a mess out there. Oh, yeah. Well, and then you started having offs once the rain started. Uh, I know, you know, Signs had his little snafu before. Um, I'm pretty sure he, he had it off into the uh, runoff area. And then right behind him was Russell. And then Russell came back out on the track and clipped Perez. Pretty much hopped the tire and it unsafe. Do y'all agree with that call of uh, unsafe rejoin? A hundred percent. I think it, the bad part about it is, where are we talking about? It's Monaco. When is it really safe to rejoin? There was cars all over the track. 
But yeah. at the same time, you can't just let somebody pull out of something like that and run into another driver and there not be he, something. But he had to, all, he could only go backwards. Ah, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, I see both sides, but I'm, yeah. I'm leaning more towards your professional figure it out kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, yeah. Cause if he stays there long was, enough, the yellow comes out. If it, you know, he, Acts like he can't move, then the yellow comes out. That's about his only only other. I just, I feel like he did everything that he could have done to try to safely rejoin the track, because he wasn't literally off the track. He still was already sitting in the track against the wall. And of course, poor Logan Sargent in Gosh. the rain. He had already had a crap day. All right, he was racing out there. He was holding literally half the pack behind him. I think at one point, and I've been there. I've been there in these sprint races in League Zero. Sometimes you just qualify well enough to get up there in that sprint race, and you're like, I know these guys are faster than me, but you're just going to have to go around. Just go around. And they're trying, and you're like, I just, it seemed like Logan, if he could, he just would have put his hand out the window or out the, <laughs> at the top and be like, just go around. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> and finally, once one of them goes, it was like the floodgates, and he was just like dodging people. It was horrible. Pass left button racing. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 He's like pass left, pass left. And then and then on top of that it gets rain and he's literally by himself, can't blame anybody else, and he just slides to the slowest stop <laughs> and bumps into the fence in the carousel. Oh I was like, get this man out of here. Uh, I love that we got an American driver, but yeah, Albon was doing a lot better than him, you know what I'm saying? In the same same car, so uh, unfortunately, he had another horrible. Well, day. while we're on that, I, I'm curious. So, we have obviously some of the best drivers in the world in this sport, obviously, and we can see clearly it's you know it goes to show how hard it is to get around Monaco in the rain. Like the best drivers in the world are messing up. Um, but on that note, do you guys really think that F1 gives some of these guys a fair shot? Because I've been doing a lot of thinking recently because I was watching F3 and 2 this weekend and I was like, man, these guys like are all good. Like they're all good. And it makes me wonder like what some of those guys would do in equal machinery. Like I honestly think F1 should really just come up with some sort of all-star race and throw these guys in an F2 car and let's see who's the best. We got no idea. Some of them have never raced together. That would be cool. Honestly, but it would it might ruin everything. Yeah, because you put all these well, perceptions in. Hey, man, Williams really does suck that much that Logan Sargent looks like he sucks. Well, you know what I mean? Right. It might so, ruin everything. We 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 kind of got a taste of it in F one, right? Back in the day when uh, when uh, was it was a Botos that was out? Is that right? Who who'd Russell come and fill in for? Oh, that, one God, that was Bo uh, uh, that was Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, Lewis was sick with it was COVID Lewis. or something. We we saw what happened, right? I mean, dude. Smashed pretty much everybody, yeah. and then due to a tire snafu, oh darn, he can't win that race. Um, years later, he signed a Mercedes. Like, I don't think any of that past that point was a mistake or just luck of the draw for him. We kind of seen it, right? That's on my point is sorry, I get off on a tangent, but that's my point. We did see it and we saw what happened, and it did almost kind of like everybody was going, What? He, he was in this Williams, you know. Sucking it up. Look at him go. And you also got people that are filling spaces that don't need to be there, man. 
I'm not going to say any names, but maybe their dad like owns the effing team (laughs) and maybe they haven't done as well as their teammate. And when I say not as well, I mean like 10 position difference on average. Yeah, it's bad. But I feel like we go through these cycles. We go through these Lance Stroll cycles though. Oh, like, I don't, what? Lance Stroll? You're talking about him? <laughs> oh. No, we, we I do don't, don't though. I agree with you, though. He has his ups and his downs. Like, when he's up, he's actually pretty good. But when he's down, uh, he sucks, dude. Like, he looks like Latifi sometimes. Bad. It's <laughs> a joke, yeah. Daddy's boy. Well, and then on top of that, you got, you got people like Red Bull who are so harsh on <laughs> their drivers <laughs> that if you're not Max, you may lose your job, like, in the next race. Like... I don't think any of us would be surprised if they didn't sign Checo next next year or something, or they put somebody else in that spot. I don't think they will. I'm just saying that's how harsh it is. Like he's doing a really good job, and it's still. I mean, you see what they did with Gasly. You see what they did with Albon. Yeah, no, yeah. I was. It's only a matter of time. I was thinking about. Um, I was thinking about that too because I was thinking about DeVries, and I was like, I wonder if this guy really got a fair shot, or if we're out here just trashing on him because. I mean, we didn't, um, who did it happen to as well? It happened to Mazepin too. Now I really, I, I don't want to defend Mazepin because I really don't know if he was any good. I, I know he kind of sucked now, but he did enter the sport and he had one wreck right away and he had that big media thing. And I'm just like, it's pretty hostile in the driver market when you just get into F1 because it really depends on what team you're on. And I know it matters in every sport. We've seen guys like in NASCAR come into a lower team. And then they hop into a good one, and all of a sudden, boom! Now they're winning. And, and I and I get that, but I feel like you really can't show your potential at all in F one in a lower team. Like you need something absolutely exceptional to happen, or or your lower bottom tier Williams team needs to hit an upgrade for a race so you can show that you can get in the points or something, or like what Russell did um, back at that rainy spa race where he got P two. Now I know it wasn't a true P two, but the dude qualified, wasn't it? Wasn't he? Did he qualify P two? In the rain, like you need something to show your talent. You know what I mean? Like I feel like they really don't get a fair yeah. shot, and it would suck to work your way up to F one, all to get placed on Williams and get booted in two years because you they think you suck, but in reality, it's the car. Oh, I I think that does happen, unfortunately. And and like I say, it, it would be great to see these guys at F two and F three be able to move up, and not have to worry about keeping a spot of somebody. I don't think I'm not with you on Maspin. He didn't need to be there. The whole reason he was there is because Daddy was paying the bill. He he literally paid for his feed license or or you know his super license. And in my mind, it's all my opinion. Uh, but I just didn't think he was up to par at all. Lance Stroll, I give him a hard time, but to y'all's point, he has had some really good finishes. I really wish I could figure out what's going on with him because what why is it now? Monica, that's a one off, dude. Some people just aren't going to be good there. That's a very niche track you have to be a certain kind of driver to do well there but other other tracks other times he's went to the same track and had completely different you know what i mean uh outcomes but there's i think there's more drivers too we just know drive to survive on these guys and we might know a little bit of their background and where they came from like cardi and that kind of stuff but you know like me i knew leclerc came from a little bit of you know a money background, right? Most of these guys do if you're going to go all the way to F1 because you got to have good equipment coming up. I didn't know that he was like, oh yeah, I walked the streets of Monaco when I was like three. Like he grew up in Monaco. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That You you had good money for equipment to get you somewhere. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't starting from the scratching from the bottom and, and begging someone to get a ride. 
I'm sure he paid for his ride to the certain point. You can't do that anymore. Well, it makes me, he's definitely not a grassroots racer. It makes me look at a guy like Lando Norris though, where this kid came in the sport was kicking everyone's like, like doing great. Now, obviously he's not dominating and winning because he doesn't have the car to do it, but he was doing freaking amazing. And then what happens? The car goes to garbage. Have you even heard about this guy since? Like, we all know he's there. We like the guy. Nobody hates him or something stupid like that. But I haven't seen anything about him. And I just don't think he can do anything with that car. You're not going to do anything with that car. I know I trash on McLaren a lot, but Zay Brown just came out and said that they'll be racing for podiums by 2025. And once the 2026 regulations come through, they'll be going for a championship. Somebody needs to shake this man. He is yeah. dreaming. He needs to wake yeah. up, bro. You are so far away. It's not even funny. Well, unless they just committed, pulled a Haas and committed to tossing the entire next season and this one. Like, I, I don't understand it. I don't know if you can even do that, though. But it- At this point, you you, you can't. You, if he's, he's hoping that when everything changes in 2026, something great will happen. But, dude, there's so many things that's going to be moving around. It's going to be hard to dominate in 2026. You're bringing on, you know, different manufacturers. Now we've heard that you know, Honda's being, you know, going with uh, with uh, Aston Martin. Red Bull's making their own power units. Well, we saw in 2022, it, it, they just fell off the face of the earth with the regulation change. Like, is another one going to really benefit uh, them? Maybe it will. I don't know. It was Maybe it, was it will. Bad. Dude, dude, they, it was bad. And they had an off season. So everybody else has made up improvements. I mean, Red Bull didn't need to, right? We know that. Uh, Aston Martin was really close because they'd already kind of copied their car. I don't know. Nobody wants to say it. I'll, I'll say it. They copied their car. You said it. Yeah. You yeah. Said it. And so... Everybody else kind of made strides. I mean, look at Ocon. Ocon had a podium at Monaco, dude. In my mind, he had drive of the day. Yes, I know Alonso did great. Yes, I know Max did great. Ocon, I don't think that car was as good as what he put out there. He drove a hell of a race. And he did what he was supposed to. He hit his mark, so to speak. And he brought the thing home. I think he was punching way above his weight class. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong there. But he did a really good job there. And I think that Alpine team showing you something. Last year, they showed you straight line speed. I think they put a car together. That's actually really decent all around. Mercedes came with side pods. They threw out that. What I'm trying to get to is McLaren hasn't really changed. Like you said, they came out and trashed with this new car, and they cannot figure They're it still out. Still trash. Somehow, you're gonna come. Yeah, you're gonna completely and change now it the looks game. Looks like a cigarette. What's that? What's that, Dave? I said now their car looks like a cigarette. Yeah, it, and they suck. Yeah, and at the same time, you're gonna. <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> <laughs> And it, it does. It looks like a half burnt cigarette. Like there's no tobacco in Formula One. Like BS. Look at the McLaren. Yeah, yeah. It's just driving around. There's two of them out there. <laughs> yeah. But all I'm saying is that it, in my rant is that everybody else has made improvements on their car. It seems like they're trying to go in the right direction and they still have not changed their car. But when everything else changes in 2026, somehow we're just going to miraculously wake up and be, you know, up at the front. I just don't see it. I know Haas no, did this, and I don't know how it worked, but Haas held out upgrading their car for a season so they can bring more changes in the next season. So maybe that's what they're looking to do is, hey, we're not upgrading this car. We're not upgrading it next year. We're bringing all our upgrades in 2025. And they're already work- and that's what they're working on right now is their 2025 upgrades. So they're going to get twice as much testing in the wind tunnel, twice as much, you know, this testing and all that. And they're just putting all their money in building a whole brand new car in two years. What's weird about that, though, is is they have the most sponsors out of anybody, though. Like, you, you can't, I don't think you can afford to toss two seasons and just have your sponsors be okay with that. 
Like, do they even get any TV time? Because I haven't seen anything other than on social media pages, man. I ain't going to lie. Like, when's so the last time they were on TV? Yeah, so despite... See, I used to be a McLaren guy. And so I kind of figured out how they do their advertising. So they always get the small sponsors because it's easy. Zach Brown explained this one time on one of their little specials, but he said it's a lot easier to ask for small money from a lot of people than ask for big money from like two people. And so that's kind of yep. the marketing they went on. Now I have noticed lately that I think, uh, what is it, Views or something? I th- is it a vape or something? I don't even know what the heck that is. Yeah, v- it, uh, Views is a, yeah. So that's a synthetic, synthetic vape uh, nicotine um, additive type, whatever the heck that stuff is. I've noticed that's a bigger sponsor on the car. I've noticed he's been rolling with bigger sponsors. So I guess to your point is he's got the most sponsors, but they're not putting in as much money as some of the bigger sponsors you see on other people's cars. So maybe it's easier to talk them into the smaller, you know, money's not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. And I, do they cross over a lot of their uh, sponsors from Indy? They, they kind of, yeah, there's definitely some in the same bed, like Mission Tortilla and others. Right. And, and then Dell, also Google, Coke, not, uh, Coca-Cola too, I think is yep. on there. And I also noticed that they were running car, uh, what is it, uh, Cleaner Tomorrow or something like that? Is that a Cleaner Tomorrow, yeah. which is their tobacco clean company or whatever that we've already talked about in previous podcasts. We will talk about more. But they're running cigarette cars. Yeah. That's so Formula One, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so Formula yeah. One. But we'll, we'll talk, touch on that, but. Um, as far as the race goes, I thought it was a very interesting race. I thought it was great for Monaco. Um, and, and for my drive of the day, I have to say it was Ocon. I don't know how y'all feel about it, but. Solid performance. I'm with it. I think he did good. Solid. I really think that Alpine is doing great in regards to the battle of the mid pack. Um, I don't think we can call it best of the rest anymore. I think um, the mid pack overall has just been doing really good in that sense, or they've been doing really good in the sense of like the mid pack. Um, with you know, they're not quite up to par with the money that Ferrari and Mercedes and Red Bull has, but I think I guess and Aston Martin too. But I, I think they're there; they're the best of those. Did you guys did you guys catch any of the drama with the Alpine boss this weekend? How like over the last couple of weeks he's been talking about how like there needs to be changes made and how something needs to give. And then all of a sudden they get a podium and he's like barging into the team photo and like slapping everyone high fives. And like, he was just talking about possibly replacing some of the crew uh, over results. And then that happens. And he's like, yeah, guys, way to go. Everybody po- podiums <laughs> like, make the bosses happy, bro. I, don't know. I know. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of chatter online about how everyone's pretty, um, salty about how he acted this weekend in, in reference to their podium and his comments over the last couple of weeks. You know what he's going to say about that, right? I had to make, I, I, I've, I've, I went in there and, and demanded people's I jobs, went headhunting and look what happened. I did it. It was me. Look at me with the podium. I had to give them the poo-poo. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. On the same side of things, a little bit different controversy or anything. Uh, what about Russell there towards the end of the race asking the team to make Lewis pull over for him? Yeah, I thought it was pretty petty, honestly, because he wasn't close when he first started asking. I know you can tell that you're gaining on someone, but tire fall off and just Monaco itself, and you don't know what Hamilton's game plan is. Maybe he's trying to save up to, you know, run fastest lap or whatever the case may be. I thought it was very, very premature. Mm -hmm. He like, 
he comes down the front stretch at the same time that he is or something. He's like, hey, uh, what are we doing here? He's like, you can pull over and I can go attack. And it's like, dude, you're not even close. You're like three seconds behind him right now. And he was pulling on, um, was it signs that he was pulling on? So it's like, and Mercedes is like, hey, dude, your time penalty is not going to affect anyway, so you don't need around him. Yeah. And, he's, and he still was whining about, I need to get around him. I think Russell's feeling that pressure. He can see that he's right there at a crucial time that he needs to attack and look better than Hamilton. And it's going to look great for him in the long run, I think, is where he's at. And uh, anyways, I think that's where that, well, where that asking goes. asking for him to give the position up. Sorry good look. M- no. My thing is, if Hamilton, they would have agreed to that, do you think he would have stayed within five seconds of Hamilton or do you think he would have taken off? Oh, yeah, no, he wouldn't. I mean, I don't think he was going to ever get that. I don't yeah. think they would have changed anything, honestly. I know, but I'm just saying, I don't see I don't see as a race car driver, me getting around my teammate being like, no, I got to give back. I got to stay five seconds in front of him so he gets the position. No, I see him at the end just taking it. Oh, yeah, he would have drove away. He would have been like Max. He got on the radio, told you, I'm not letting him pass, and I've got my reasons. I've already told you why. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that's enough of Monaco. It was a good race. Yep. Love it. Love it. I love to see it. I love the atmosphere. It seems like someplace I want to be that I never will be. Yep. So, um, next up, Barcelona. Rain is a good thing. Yeah, rain was a good thing. Rain. But uh, <laughs> next up, Barcelona um, last year was a DNF for Leclerc that gave Max Verstappen uh, the win with Perez and Russell behind him. I don't know if that actually matters. And there were so many spaces behind it. We're talking like 13 seconds for second place and 32 seconds for third at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do, you, what do y'all's takes on the uh, Mercedes and the new side pause? Do you think they're actually going to make a difference at this new track? I think that's the biggest thing that everybody, I'm, I'm looking to see. I think, yes, they will, but it won't be enough of a difference that we see it. I think we that's see it, think. but it's not something that, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, they're, they're Mercedes again. I think the, you know, they'll maybe not compete with Alonzo, but they'll be competitive with Ferrari. But that already, like, right there, I think they're going to put a lot more pressure on a Ferrari strategy team now. You want my honest take on it? Yeah. I, I actually really hope yes. it does something major and puts Mercedes back into, like, no, I don't know if they'll get to Red Bull because they're so crazy, but my, my hope would that, would be that it puts Mercedes in a spot where they can contend because I think right now that whole rest of the field is kind of weird like the only people really battling are now you can say constructors you know Aston Martin and Mercedes are battling but I really think Mercedes is going to beat him if, if Stroll can't pull his weight they just outperform him both of them always do other than uh other than obviously Alonso but I, I just think there needs to be something like this season seems a little bit boring in the sense of the championships don't really have anything going on. Like, we're not really doing anything. It's fighting for minor points that don't seem to really add up to much. Like, though Mercedes and Aston Martin are a point away, it doesn't feel like they're battling because they're not on track. So, I just... Someone needs to bridge the gap. We need someone to to do something. And, I mean, I think if any of the teams can do it, we know Ferrari can't, let's be honest. Like, I've accepted that. Everyone has. They suck. Uh, they're Aww. terrible. Uh, they. I need someone... I, I need Mercedes to get back on track so that they can prove that... Ferrari's dumb. Like, how do you lose that bad? And then we know no one else can bridge the gap in between other than um, 
Mercedes. I don't think Aston Martin's making any progress. They're kind of just sitting where they are. Uh, now they've built a good car. I'm not going to discredit them. But again, I, I think if anyone can do it, I think it's Mercedes. You're welcome, Norman, by the way, because I know you're like, wow, this guy's commenting Mercedes is great. He's a Ferrari guy. He hates them. <laughs> but yeah, all, all you really got to do to get around Ferrari is just get close enough to them to make them make a tire strategy or any strategy period, and they will screw it up and you can beat them. So if they can just get close to Ferrari, they'll probably beat them. It's so embarrassing, man. Honestly, though, like, I just, it, it's not even embarrassing though for the fact of like that it's my team and I like Ferrari. It's embarrassing that like, how do you have a team that big and they can't do, it's like McLaren. Like, how can you not do anything with it? You're making Sorry. these rookie mistakes here at Ferrari. Like, you can't put a strategy together. Obviously, you need something to change, man. Like, you can't just keep sitting here with the same guys being like, oh, we're just going to fire the head of the strategists. Like, man, get somebody in there. Like, it's not working. Like, I, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm afraid we're going to be asking that question all year long. Even right? this weekend, they were the last team to go to wet tires, like uh, wets, inters, whatever you want to call it. They were still on drives. Yeah, they yeah. were the longest team out there on drives. Why? <laughs> Anyways, I could complain all day yeah. about it. You, you get what I mean. We need, I we need some competition, man. That's all it is. There's no yeah. So, yeah. No, you're fine. I was going to move away from that for a second. Just something real quick that I ran into before we get into our uh, in it, win it, and bid it. Uh, segment which we always do so everybody start kind of thinking about that but just a side note i did run in some inside line on youtube uh put up an f1 2023 estimates of how much these drivers are making in f1 which it just blows my mind every time you see a professional sport of any kind and how much they're making you're like man just throw me like a yeah. hundred dollar bill you know look a brother up yeah <laughs> but so max is the highest at 55 and these are all estimates and you know what i mean they're estimates i don't know what these estimates tied into i don't know if it's just their salaries or whatever i don't know it's just kind of neat to look at but max Verstappen is 55 million is his uh 2023 estimate which i mean for the sport not too bad sir lewis hamilton is at 35 is his next i'm gonna go ahead and give you just the top 10 because i think this this just blows my mind charles leclerc at 24 lando at 20 you see a pretty big drop with carlos signs at 12 million Sergio Perez below him at 10. And for what he's bringing to the table, I don't feel like that's... Valtteri Botas, I mean, Alpha Ray was just paying him to stay, right? I mean, that's what that one is. You got George Russell at 8 million. Esteban Ocon at 6 million. And then the one that blew my damn mind is down here at Fernando Alonso at 5 million for what he's bringing to the team. Does that seem a little skewed? Um, I think, I think that's, I, I've made my money. I just want to be back in F1 and racing. I guess he does have the ability to do that with his money. That's like, kind of what I was really matter say. Like, I think now, and we, I think that's, that's totally Fernando, like him racing in the Indy 500 and like him leaving Formula One and going to Lamar. Like the dude just loves racing. And I love I think it. He's just I love like, it. When I saw yeah. that and I rolled down, I was like, man, that's messed up. And I thought, man, that is that's pretty damn cool that he'll still do that, you know? Because from there on out, it goes down, you know, five million, five million, three million, two, it, down to, you know, your your rookies and stuff that are making about a million or two million. Um, but yeah, I just thought that one, just just a little tidbit of information, the driver salaries, just kind of blows my mind that Fernando Alonso is putting up podiums on the regular, making five, and you got people like Lando Norris making 20 million they're paying this guy to drive around in a crack car. Not his fault. Yeah. But anyways. But 
Yeah, it's, I think it's just a sign that Fernando Alonso is a boss. Oh, yeah. The badass. All around badass. Do we think his numbers are yeah. lower, potentially? No, I, I'm not trying to discredit him in, in any way. I just mean, like, do we think maybe his numbers could be lower because he's, like, known to be a team hopper? Yeah. I mean, he's not a he's not a lifer. One, he's 41 years old, right? That's true. So he's not going to be around for much longer. Um, he, and like you said... So we think. He never least. was. <laughs> you know, right? Well, and, and like you said, even on top of that, scratch his age. Like you said, he does he doesn't hold out for the for the team. He's not loyal, so to speak. He's just wanting to win. Which I love again, honestly. Yeah. But anyways, just a little tidbit of information. Uh we can go into the in it, win it, bin it. Who's up this week? Have we made the full circle or is it Norman now? I think it's Norman now. Hey. Don't be skipping me. No, we made the full circle. <laughs> Take it away, Antonio. Yeah. So, um... Hey, wait, should we go over our points for last week, by the way? I'm curious. You guys want to yes, know? Yes, shoot, shoot, shoot. Okay, so, I, Dave, I need your bin pick. That's all I need, because I can't remember what you picked. Uh, Bennett was Max Verstappen, I got all that right. wrong. So... You know, and I was thinking we probably should have reset the whole thing for just Monaco. We should have put it wide open, because any of those guys could have wrecked in that water, in that rain. But anyway, yeah, true, true. Yeah. So <laughs> I only ended up with, it looks like one point, unfortunately. I was so close to getting the win pick right. and But Ocon, well, I guess Alonzo is technically included, though, isn't he? We took out Red Bull. I was thinking Lewis needed to just get on the podium. So never mind. I only got one point. Uh, from the looks of it, Dave did not get the win pick. He did get the in pick. Uh, he did not get the bin pick. So Ooh. that gives him also one point. Uh, Levi picked Alonzo to win. He did get this correct. Uh, he picked Signs to be in. He also got this correct. Uh, and he picked Piastri to wreck, which unfortunately he didn't get. He's one lap down. Why you got to be so good? So, yeah, I know. The one time you need him to... Anyways, would have been a good time to pick him in my pool because he actually got a point this week. But uh, I don't know if that's ever going to happen again. Actually, both both McLarens got a point this week after all this. We just talked. Look at him. Yeah, we're talking <laughs> trash and they both got points. <laughs> Uh, Norman picked Stroll to win, which couldn't have been any further off because he finished 20th. Actually, they didn't classify him because he was so far back. Uh, so we're not going to include him. Uh, so he got zero points. Uh, Russell, he got a point for Russell in his in pick. And for Ben, he picked DeVries, which unfortunately didn't work as well. So Norman ended up with one point. Moving on to this week. Norman, you're up. Yeah, we're Barcelona with no chicane. Hell yeah! Screw the chicane! Oh <laughs> yeah! There's only one driver. I was waiting driver. for someone to say something about that. I'm like, okay, I guess they're gonna leave it to me. There's only we one driver that. on the track that's raced this configuration. Let me guess, Alonso. Fernando Alonso. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Oh my He's man! He's the only timepiece that old. <laughs> um, well, you know, so are we doing a special order now? Or are we just going with what we want to start with? Uh, go, go right. win in Ben. That's how win. I got it listed here. Unless right. you want to go opposite and start with your worst first. Uh, I'll love to Just you, pick Norman. it first, bro. You're we're going to, we're going to start with the win because, um, I've already said his name. We're going to go with Alonzo, um, home, home race. And I, I feel like he's going to be a man on a mission and he's an easy pick for the win for this one, I think. Uh, unless Mercedes comes out of nowhere, which uh, I will pick Lewis Hamilton as my in. I'm going to go with um, his um, 
seniority over Russell this week. And then for my Bennett, this is going to hurt me, but I think Nico Hulkenberg doesn't finish the race. I think mm. they have a technical failure. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. For you to pick a Haas did not make it. Sacrilege. Yeah. Fair I, enough. I, I got to get points. And, you know, you sometimes you got to go against what you really want to do to try to get points. So I'm going to just quickly run you through the rules because I would feel like we always forget to do this. So any win at Bennett does not include Red Bull. So you cannot pick Red Bull to win the race or be in it. They have to be only a Bennett pick and you'll get a point for it. That's it. Uh, so when it is the highest finishing non-Red Bull car gains you a point in it, the driver who finishes in the point scoring position. So if he, if sorry, if your driver finishes in the points paying position as your in pick, you get a point. And Bennett is the driver has to DNF from the race. Uh, it doesn't mean they have to be not classified. It's just they don't take the checkered. That's how it works. Uh, but laps down don't count. It's physically not taking the checkered. That's what we're going by. That's just makes it easier. Um. Anyways, moving on to my picks. I actually get to pick decent this week. Who do I want to pick this week to win? Um, well, Norman took the, the best option, unfortunately. Um, but you know what? Let's say that something crazy happens. And let's say that Mercedes's crazy upgrades come true. So I'm going to pick Hamilton to win, even though I did it last week and he, he, he let me down. But I'm going to do it again. Because uh, I don't think there's anything saying I can't do it. So I'm picking Hamilton to win. Uh, moving on to my in pick, uh, we're going to pick George Russell. Let's do the Mercedes trifecta here. So Russell's going to be in it for sure. Uh, and so are we going to pick a Williams to Bennett? Yeah, why not, man? Let's pick, uh, what do we got here? We got Logan Sargent. Let's pick him to Bennett. Why not? He'll lose it. Way to go. I'm on the Mercedes wave. Way to go. I was, I was, I was juicing him up earlier. So you know what? I'll juice him up again and hopefully they give me some points. They probably won't because, you know. They're known. They, they'll probably let me down, just like my my team <laughs> Not does. Not one so. Ferrari, bro. Not one Ferrari. No, I can't. They let me down <laughs> too much, dude. It's just I can't do it. Oh, <laughs> Logan actually comes in third. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I think that passes. Dude, it on if that the, happens, I quit watching. Yeah, I know. Of course, that would be my luck <laughs> too. What other two cars were running? Because everybody else was wrecked. Yeah, they say Lewis Hamilton and George both don't finish at the points. <laughs> yeah, their their side pods actually fall <laughs> off and they get disqualified or something. That'd be that'd be my luck, but uh, passing it to Dave. You're up next, buddy. Mm. Well, who you got for winning? Uh, win the race other than Red Bull. That's not Alonzo or Hamilton or who? Oh wait, yeah, Levi's thought man. Uh, let's see. Um, oh gosh, I this is usually where I'd say Charles Leclerc, but I just can't do that. Um, come on, man, he's got it. I just can't do that. I reverse psychology. All right, you know what? I'll say it. Charles Leclerc went. Yeah. Charles Leclerc went it. Um, and then in it, uh, I'm gonna go with. Let's see points. I gotta. I'm gonna pick. I I like flirting with disaster here. I like trying to pick like eight, nine, or ten. Um, in it, let's go with uh, Valtteri Bottas in it, and Bennett, Mister. I gotta go on the Haas train, Kevin Magnuson. Oops. Kevin Magnuson. I I don't know why, just because, you know, it's a random pick, but just because. Yeah. 
All right, Levi, you can't pick Alonzo, Leclerc, or Hamilton for your win pick. Who you got left? Stole my Leclerc. Hamilton is a joke. No you offense. Got sign- Alonzo is the easy pick. Come on now. All right, you got Signs or Stroll um, or who else is good here? I, I like I, I I do not think this is going to go, but I wanted to so bad. Carlos Signs on a podium here. I'm with it, guys. Would yeah. make my life just really, really. I like the dude. I think he's a good dude. Anyways. Um, in it, um, shoot, Pierre Gasly. Let's, let's, let's just toss it up there a little bit. Um, nobody's riding the Yuki train. There you There's go, no buddy. Yuki out there. There you go. We got to have him on there. So that's my pick. I'm just saying, guys, I'm loving the support for Ferrari. I know, like, I forced hey, you guys yo. to by picking the other contenders, but I, I still loving the support. It's still there. <laughs> I want to love, love him. You ain't get it I from like me. Him. I want to love him, but I just—they are hard to love, man. Yeah, and Leclerc, man, it seems like that they're putting enough love into Leclerc that that he should be doing better than he is. And I know that's not all his fault, but he has had his own hiccups in the last two seasons. Yeah, you have to admit. Yes. Now going back, any going back to what Antonio said earlier about like how the season is and it's so weird. When I was looking at the points just a minute ago, like I would not have put Lewis Hamilton and Russell sitting fourth and fifth in the point. Yeah. Yeah, as much as we bang on them, they've had solid finishes for what they have, right? For what they're bringing to the table. And now now with these side parts aren't magical, guys. They're not like they just threw two turbos on the engine, like extra. Or so, you know what I'm saying? Like they just don't, they didn't get like 20, 30, 40, 100 more horsepower. It's a whole car situation, but I think they have recognized it was wrong. They dumped it and went in the right direction, so I think they will get better from here on out. Well, I think all they're doing is going to solidify their, um, what, second place in the constructors, and uh, probably maybe one can get to third in the driver championship, but fourth and fifth pretty much can lock in now. Well, well I don't know about for don't now, know but, in, but, but here in the future... Yeah, I think it, it all depends on how Ferrari turns around. Like, they're still close. Like, Ferrari's really... Like, Sainz is only a couple points behind Russell, but I think from, like, a... I guess I'm more speaking on constructors' terms. I mean, even drivers as well. Like, yeah, we can have a shake-up from 4th to 7th, but do we really care about 4th to 7th? Not really. But, like, constructors-wise, Mercedes and Aston Martin are one-point difference, but everyone else is nowhere close. I mean, yeah, the bottom teams are always going to be close. They're fighting for a point or two that makes a difference, but it's one point. I mean, it, and it's literally Alonso versus Lewis and 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 George. Like, there's no, there's there's nothing going on. I don't know. It's a little bit boring. I'm just hoping the races tend to get a little bit better here in the uh, future. I feel like they should be better than Mercedes and somehow like they close to Aston Martin. I I feel like they shouldn't be where they are. Now, Mercedes, I'll be honest with you, if you told me to be completely truthfully honest, I think if you line up Mercedes and Ferrari in a strategy game, Mercedes will always come out on top. We saw that in like prior years, like 2019 and stuff. You're you're always going to see them come out on top. Ferrari can never get their strategy calls right ever. We've never seen them do good. Um, But at the same time, I feel like they have the car that should be better than Mercedes. But now, mind you, with the upgrades, maybe it's balanced out. We don't know because they screw up every week. So <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's, yeah, we'll have to see, man. Time will tell. Um, but we got a lot of the season left, dude. We're only 
It's on the eighth race of the season. It's only round eight. Oh. We still got, I guess, uh, what does that leave us with? 14 to go still? It was 22 rounds this year? Uh, I guess 21 crazy. minus crazy. Uh, the cancellation. But anyways, the lap yeah, 18. did huh? it. Yay. Yep. Almost at 20. That's pretty yeah. crazy. I know. I know. I know. Maybe do something special. Yeah. It'll Pizza be party. Le Mans wrap up for 20. Beats party. What's something cool that's associated party. with number 20? Mike. I know. Oh, no, it's not. It's I'm just one. kidding. I was going to say the 20. Never mind. I'm going to take it back. <laughs> nice it. try. You almost did it. You know, you know what I was Hey, I got DoorDash and... I got DoorDash in my little podunk uh, Western Oklahoma town now. Ooh, no way. Do they have Gator Bites? So that's the <laughs> question. Only in Alabama. Yeah, that's only in Alabama. Sorry. <laughs> Gator, Gator, Gator Pussy. You're, you're going to have it. Hey, yeah. Gator Pussy. We got that, that Brahms. We got that Canes out here, though. Don't know about that.